You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I just got back off of the road speaking at an epic event in Seattle, and shout out to everybody who came out to see me, and what a great time. And first of all, we've got one of the amazing speakers from the event on the show today who's also a really good friend of mine. But at the event, you know, I've been working behind the scenes on a big project for a few months now. And so this was like my first time to kind of get away and go out and talk. And so I was pumped to do it, but my body was just not acclimated to traveling like that, right? So I'm in the Uber, right? I'm in the I'm in the plane for three hours. I'm back in the Uber again. I'm sitting at the event. And I found that, and also me being behind the scenes, I had time to get in and like respond to a lot of my DMs and replying to emails and things like that that I've really been behind on the last few months. And so my neck was like down in this position, silly me, you don't realize it. And your body being trained one way and you doing this other thing, I ended up in a lot of pain. It was like my neck, my back, right? It was just like out of sorts. And so my neck was like really bothering me when I got home and the next day when I woke up in the morning. And it was one of those things where you're just like, this is gonna be a few days before I'm good again. But aha, I had some hope because I had my Ease Magnesium, right? It's a topical magnesium. I've been keeping by my bedside for five, six years now, easy. And so I, I know that I've been through this before. And so I massaged some into my neck. I did a little bit of my lower back and the next day is about 85, 90% better. And by the day after that, it was 100% gone. Now, I'm not saying that this is across the board like some super pain reliever, but we have to understand when we're talking about physical pain, muscular pain especially, this has a lot to do with uh, certain minerals that are running the function of those muscles. And one of those minerals that is really responsible for regulating muscle function is magnesium. Now, the problem is, according to some of the latest statistics, 56% of the United States population is chronically deficient in magnesium. And so this is why, or a contributing factor to why a lot of us are in pain. Specifically, we're talking about muscle pain, even headaches. Because as we know from our episode with Dr. Lisa Moscone, the brain itself doesn't have pain receptors. So when we have a headache or a migraine, it's not actually our brain that's hurting. It's the muscles and the nerves that surround our head and our neck that are causing this intense pain, even our eyes. And so that's what it really is. And magnesium has been found to actually uh, decrease the incidence of things like headaches and migraines as well, not just uh, muscle pain like I was experiencing. And so that's number one. Also, listen to this. 2016 study reported that magnesium is able to reduce the activity of your sympathetic fight or flight nervous system and turn on the activity of your parasympathetic quote, rest and digest nervous system. And there was another study, and this one was published in Pharmacological Reports, that stated that magnesium is able to interact with inhibitory GABA receptors and induce anti-anxiety effects. Hakuna Matata, all right? When we're talking about magnesium, we're talking about Hakuna Matata, right? Just making so many different areas of our health and our well-being better. So obviously, food first. We want to make sure that we've got a great source dietarily, but I'm a huge fan of topical magnesium because uh, eating magnesium-rich foods is one thing. We're not getting enough magnesium through that method unless you're like going 
ham on magnesium foods. Uh, oral magnesium supplementation can be helpful, but you can only take a certain amount at one time because of some the bowel tolerance. It's called bowel tolerance. Basically, if you take too much of an oral magnesium, it pulls a lot more water to your bowels, and it can cause diarrhea. All right, it can cause you to be running off to the bathroom frequently. So that might not be the best thing. Topical magnesium, your body absorbs as much as it can use, especially if you're getting the right stuff. Many people have tagged me, sent me messages, and they've got like company X magnesium. They're like, is this supposed to flake up? Is this supposed to uh, smell like uh, dirty socks or whatever? I don't know, like these crazy things because they're not getting the right stuff. Ease magnesium from activation products is the bomb. It's over 99.999% absorbable, super critical extract of magnesium, and they do stuff the right way, non-toxic, and it just works. I love this stuff so much. So it can improve your sleep quality, it can improve muscle function, it can help reduce stress. Yeah, it's that good. So pop over there and check them out. It's easemagnesium.com forward slash model, and you get a special hookup from them. It's exclusive with the Model Health Show because again, I've been using it for a long time. I'm a huge fan. You get 15% off, all right? So pop over to check them out. Ease, that's E-A-S-E, magnesium.com forward slash model. And now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Wellness Journey by E-Dub, the health advocate. God has been working on me to get more sleep. And after hearing you on Dr. Mark Hyman's podcast promoting your book, I was hooked. I so appreciate your service. God bless. Awesome. Thank you so much, E-Dub, the health advocate. I appreciate that so much for taking the time to leave me that review. And thank you for making me a part of your world. And everybody, if you've yet to leave a review, please pop over to Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on. Or if you're watching this video on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment after the episode and let everybody know what you think of the show. All right. I appreciate that so much. And on that note, let's get to our topic of the day and our special guest. Our guest today is Jay Ferruja, and when I talk about legends, he's an absolute legend in the fitness domain. He's one of the original people, many, many, many years back, who was online teaching fitness, all right? Uh, ebooks, fitness ebooks, online coaching. I'm talking like back in the, maybe around 2000, 2002, all right? So he's been at this quite a long time. And before that, working in brick and mortar uh, gyms and things like that. And today he's got one of the most popular podcasts in Renegade Radio, and he's just such a great human being. And I had the pleasure of watching him speak at the event we were both at, and man, it was just a powerful, powerful experience. And when you hear his story of where he came from to be able to perform like he is today, it's no less than inspirational and also loaded with powerful gems for you to take away to apply in your life. So let's kick to this conversation with the incredible Jay Ferruja. Um, but before I moved here, we lived in the woods. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, first of all, what am I doing living in the woods? Like, again, if you see me, <laughs> right. you'll be like, what are you doing? Zero sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like that template from when I was a kid of I would go to the country with my grandmother mm. at, uh, every summer. You know, like I went from like li literally like living in the city, gangs, drugs, right. potential drive-by, like you gotta be on your stuff, to like now I'm in Piedmont, Missouri in the boot hills, gravel road, yeah, all, you know, my white side of the family, right. like I stick out like a sore thumb, you know what I'm saying? But in those summers, you know, um, 
I learned so much, like going out to the creek and going fishing with my grandfather, learning how to shoot and all these things, man. But it was like a total culture shock, of course. But that imprint. And so we ended up, and another imprint when I was a kid was I wanted to live in the good area of St. Louis, right? Mm. And so like when I, I was like, when I grow up, that's what I'm going to do. And I literally forgot about it until the day, second day after I was driving to my new house out there, right? And I'm just like, dude, like how, how? And we got a house in the woods where I should yeah. be drastically <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's just like I, f I felt at home. Oh, it's so know? interesting. So we lived there for four years, man. But getting literally to the nearest gas station, at least 10, 10 15 minutes. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Getting to the nearest, just anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Any type of business. That's so never how I would I would put those 5,000 miles on my car just getting from my house <laughs> to like civilization. Right. Right? Yeah. And so, but you guys like... Being in Santa Monica, like you just don't don't need to drive mm. that much. No, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. I, I don't enjoy spending hours in the car. <laughs> yeah, and so you're like you're like literally getting out, and that's the thing, man. When when I came to your house, and just like you could see, you could hear the ocean, mm. and you know you got your dogs, and yep. you get out. So what what is your routine like? Like when you get up in the morning, are you like getting out, hitting the beach? Are you you know what I'm saying what do you what do you do when you get up in the morning? I get up. Uh, I. I make coffee, and while I'm making coffee, I play theme music to get me amped up for the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll play like The World's Greatest by R. Kelly and just imagine myself being the world's greatest. Because again, I was like, you know, insecure and shy as a kid, and I didn't believe in myself. So I want to build that belief in myself. So I'll play The World's Greatest. I, I played a Rocky theme song. I played a Superman theme song. Like, this is all my, my morning mix while I'm getting ready. I play some, uh, some there's uh, the song The Fire by The Roots. Yeah. Uh, a couple other songs that are on that mix while I'm making coffee and kind of doing my thing. And then uh, I meditate, but I only meditate for five minutes. I used to meditate for a really long time and it was just a, and then uh, I get my most important thing done. So I'm up even before the dogs, like everyone I know that has dogs, the dogs wake them up at five. My dogs could sleep till 10. They don't care. <laughs> so I get up, uh, do my stuff. And then I take the dogs out for a walk to, uh, you know, get, I think it's really beneficial health wise to get sunlight, no, uh, no shirt on, no, no sunglasses, anything like that. That's kind of my morning routine. Yeah. And so yeah. the dogs, you got Brooklyn is the newer. It's new, yeah. She's one now. In yeah. the Bronx. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't met Brooklyn yet. Um, man, that's so cool. And like we were just talking, for me, like I haven't really gotten a chance to like get up and like look around Seattle a little bit. And that's why I seen you last. Yeah. And do, but your talk there at the event was one of the best talks I've ever seen. Man. Thank you so you much, know? man. That and means so much. I love the fact. So of course, like the humor, like literally my cheeks hurt, I had a tear come down, <laughs> uh, but also it was just layered with gems, you know, and you going through the process, like you were sharing how you're able to do what you're doing on stage, coming from what you described as being the worst public speaker mm. who's probably ever walked the planet. Yeah, yeah. So how, and I know it's a loaded question, but how did you get from there to that, what I saw right. the other day in Seattle? Yeah, so for so many years, I was comfortable in my own gym, 1,000 square feet, 10, 20, 30 athletes. I could yell and scream and do that. But once I got out socially, like if all of us here were out at dinner and two more people came into the mix, I wouldn't say a word. Like that was my max, you know. And then over time, I was like, man, I don't want to be like this anymore. So, in two, But in 2007, I got invited up with some colleagues and friends of ours to speak. And I was just terrible. And so I said, yeah, I knew I was terrible at that. Because everybody, I think, writes a narrative in their head of what you're good at and what you're bad at, how you were raised. My family's like this. I've always been. I'm going to be like this forever. So I said, OK, I proved it to myself. I'm terrible at public speaking. So I didn't speak for like four or five years. 
And then once I moved here, my, my real reason for moving here was to reinvent myself, to work on myself, to fix a lot of the things. And I knew that environment triggers behaviors and, you know, certain people that you see all the time, certain things, you just revert back or they might be like, oh, who are you now? You know, and I just wasn't strong enough to overcome that. So I moved here to reinvent myself. And then as I was working through this stuff, I was taking improv classes, stand up, trying to get better just with people. I was like, all right, let me try to speak again. So our friends Bedros and Craig said, hey, would you want to come speak at one of our masterminds? And I was like, all right, here, here's my shot. Let me, let me try to redeem myself. And I was okay. I was way better than I, than I was that time. And then they invited me back. So that was my kind of foray back into it. And each time, I think I, I didn't think that I would be able to get on stage, but there was like 40 people in the thing. So I was like, just because I love those guys, they're my friends. I owe it to them to try to get better each time. Then each time, you know, anything success snowballs, you're like, oh, okay, now I, I think I could be better at this. So I kept working on it and working on it. And any opportunity I could to speak, I would take. And then I think improv made a huge difference. Uh, and then just observing all the behaviors from everybody that you see, I think you can learn all the time. So for so many years, I didn't have that awareness. But now it's like, if I'm with you, I'm like, man, that guy's silky smooth. How could I incorporate some of that? If I'm with Kenny, I'm like, oh, he lights up a room and jokes around. Like whoever I'm with, what can I incorporate that I think is really good? And what, and I'm aware, I even catch myself like, oh, why did I do that? I got to work on that. You know, I just, I just have a heightened level of awareness now. I also st study stand-up like every night of the year, pretty much I'll watch stand-up for at least a half hour, but not just like I'm there taking notes. I'm like, oh, I got to do that. That's really cool how he does that. I'll watch comedians in cars with Seinfeld. I'll take notes the whole time. So just being aware and just trying to work all the time on it, you know? And I think for Seattle, it was special too because it was my best friend. And I was like, I really got to put in the effort for him, you know, yeah. and make it good. And he sandwiched me right between uh, Mark Fisher and Cosgrove, who I've seen, I've seen speak a bunch of times. And they get a lot of laughs. Yeah. And I was like, I want to get more laughs than them. But I said to Luke, I was like, bro, you put me in the toughest spot. He's like, I know, because I think you could do it. So, oh man, so yeah. awesome. And that was the thing too, it's just like that room um, you know, there's a familiarity there. And yeah. so you had those jokes that was like, literally start off with a slide of Luca. I think, was that the laser eyes? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It, it was just like, dude, <laughs> man, it's so funny. Even the slides, like you put that work and that intention into it. And it just like, you had us in your hand, man. Oh, thank you. And man. I don't know I if you could it. feel that, but just like, we were just going with you, bro. Yeah, I, I did feel that, yeah. which is a cool feeling, you know, yeah. like when, when you talk about getting in the flow state or the yeah. zone or something. Because there was a bunch of stuff that, I made up off the top of my head up there that I didn't have prepared. And I was like, I can't believe that was that funny. Like, I was like, I can't believe I'm pulling some of this stuff out. Yeah, man, I love that so much. And so I'm going to come back to this, but I want to talk about one of the other things you mentioned during the talk, which was, so you're st you're actually studying, bro. Like, you're studying stand-up, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, look, and I'm just wondering, like, man, why is this so funny? Like, mm -hmm. this is just, like, incredible. Like, it's just layered. It's it's not just the fact that it's funny, but it's like, it's really visceral. Like it's because you are becoming it. Yeah. And, but you also talked about the importance of developing charisma, right? And it's like, for, for, for a lot of us, we'll hear something like that, just like somebody naturally is charismatic, right. but you're like, there is a science to it. There are pieces to it. And you're one of those people that find out those things and you replicate it. Yeah. So let's talk about charisma a little bit. Yeah, that was something, again, I, I, I agree with what you said. I think people just think, oh, either you have it or you don't, but but that's a myth. I know, and there's a book called The Charisma Myth, which is really good. I highly recommend everyone check it out. But why do we need it first? Because, so, uh, I can't recite it word for word, but uh, German sociologist Max Weber has this definition that you can look up of charisma. And he talks about how if you have charisma, 
you're basically endowed with a super uh, superhuman uh, power, and people will give you whatever you want, and the like doors open for you when you have charisma. So if you look at anybody who's doing things at a high level, The Rock, Justin Timberlake, Jimmy Fallon, they have charisma. They're charismatic. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Bob Marley, whoever, you know what I mean? Um, but again, I saw myself as like, I'm the least charismatic person in the world. <laughs> but I didn't think that until I, I think it was really until I read that book and I was kind of on that journey of getting out of my comfort zone and doing improv. And I was like, man, what are, what are the behaviors? Again, being aware of these people, like what does Arnold do? What, what does The Rock do? What, what does Chris Rock do? And how could I start to incorporate more of that? And it does, it does change the game. And you can become more, more charismatic. It's just behaviors like anything else. Like Just like you can get better at, at playing basketball or whatever, you can get better at it. What's like one or two things that we could do to cultivate that charismatic spirit for ourselves? I think it really comes down to... So, so the self-help industry always kind of gets you to think your way into acting differently. But I think if you act your way into thinking differently, it's more powerful. So that's why when I get up in the morning... I'm envisioning, okay, who's charismatic? How do I want to, like we use visualization for sports or whatever. Arnold talks about visualizing his biceps, his yeah. mountain peaks. Well, pick somebody. Again, I always go to, go to The Rock. I've been a wrestling fan, so I've, I've known of The Rock since 96. I've met him a bunch of times. So I say, okay, The Rock's a charismatic dude. And what would The Rock do? And now it's easier for me. It's more natural. But early on in this kind of progression, that's what I do. So I'm listening to this music. I'm visualizing who I want to be, how I want to enter the room. And what are... Just a few, because if you try to adopt all the rocks or Justin Timberlake's behaviors at once, it's going to fail. It's like anything else, like yeah. nutrition or training. Like if you try to do everything, it's going to fail. So what are one or two things I could do better today? Can I maybe speak with more confidence? Maybe have better body language? Can I give more compliments? Just pick a few things. And um, charisma is also about how you make the people feel around you. It's not just you're performing, right. like, you know, because then it's kind of a, a fake thing. But how you make people feel, all those things, I, I think you know, go a long way to to, uh, to being more charismatic. This is so good, bro. Like, just hearing that we can model somebody, like, because we know this for maybe if, you know, training in a sport, yeah. right? We, we got a coach. Yep. But we can take those things on for every kind of character trait or every kind of uh, what we would consider success. Like, yep. there are people that we can model, you yep. know, but thinking in terms of, like, uh, charisma and, like, channeling the rock, mm. basically. Like, what would the rock do? Yeah. You know, I think that's so brilliant, man. But I think we we just don't think about it. We don't think about it. No, I, I think people think you can get better at so many things. Like you can get better at any physical activity, throwing a ball, lifting weights, whatever. You can get better at closing and business stuff. But you don't think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what? This is a great segue to something that you posted the other day. And I love this post. This yeah. was 45 lessons from 45 years. And I was sharing it with my wife. Uh, not too long ago, and I was just like, man, he's just dropping like these, it was like half a sentence, just gym after gym after gym. Thanks, bro. But I want to expand on them okay. a little bit here, because I thought that even a handful of these would be really helpful for our listeners and incredibly valuable. So let's go through some of them. And also, of course, talk about why they really matter. Okay. Uh, one of the things you let off with was lift, carry, and drag heavy things, mm -hmm. right? And so, first of all, why does this matter and why is this? Well, let me take a step back, actually. Right. You're 45, yeah. right? You are not the picture of what people would think when somebody's 45. The way that you're, um, your, your level of fitness, the way that you're uh, working on becoming better and crafting your mind, mm. your relationships, like all of these things is just so much vitality and 
I really feel like you were lit- literally just getting started, right? And I don't know if you feel the same I feel way, the same way. Yeah. but like I feel that yeah. coming off of you, you know. But and so for you to share these forty five lessons, like to listen to you and to be somebody who's watching from the outside, like these lessons are valuable. The things that you're sharing work, and so fitness is obviously a big part of your life. So why lift, carry, drag heavy things? Well, again, I mean, I, fitness has been huge for me for, since I was twelve years old, and growing up watching. Uh, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and, and Stallone and Schwarzenegger on the big screen. So I've always been a meathead. And to this day, you look at Arnold, The Rock, they talk about like that's the foundation. Uh, yeah, everyone that I know that I look up to that's successful, that's their foundation, that's their anchor. And it, you can't be your best self if you're not taking care of your body. Like it's just a fact. You know, people, LL, Dr. Dre, they're all doing it. So you get, and, and now I think when I was younger, when we were younger, people who at 45 seemed like they were old and retired yeah, and like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think there's still people that believe that because I, yeah. I get messages sometimes like, oh, I know, I know my best days are behind me. I'm like, what? No, yeah. you're just getting started. Like, look at, look at, look at Will Smith. Look at LL. Like they're 50 plus and they're dominating. Yeah. So I, I think there's been a paradigm shift there for sure. And I don't, I don't feel old. I feel like I'm just getting started, but, but fitness is the thing that's got to be the foundation. And also... You have to be selfish. I think most of the time you should be selfless and, and focus on other people, but you have to take care of yourself first. So if I don't get my morning routine in, if I don't get my workouts done, then I can't be my best for you, for everybody that I see. Then I'm behind the eight ball, then I'm stressed out and I have anxiety. So you gotta take care of yourself. It's the best therapy, I think. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it's always gotta be the foundation. And, and I, I put it like that because people complicate it too much now with Instagram yeah. in 2019. It's like, look, three to five days a week, lift some heavy stuff, do some basic exercises. You don't have to do all the crazy stuff you see on Instagram, like just basic stuff and, and just get it done. Yeah. But in those basics, and even in this very short sentence, you say something that I don't think we talk enough about. It's not just lift, but you said carry. Hmm. Why Why carry? Well, I mean, that's basically the, the, the oldest form of strength training, right? It's just picking up heavy stuff and moving it to build shelter. Yeah you know, thousands of years ago. So I, I think there's still value to that is picking up. I mean, you'll have to do that in real life, right? Like you're not going to lay down in real life and, and press a bar like this, yeah. but you're all, everybody's always going to pick up suitcases, bags, kids, people, whatever, and carry stuff. Yeah. So it's like, that's the most functional thing you can do. So farmers walks, Zercher carries, whatever. You should always incorporate that in your yeah. weekly program. You know, what's crazy, man. Like it's been probably the last, um, three months. You know, I told you about my injury. Yeah. But I've been doing carries. Like, I'll right. do that to warm up. Like, I'll just get a. Nobody else in the gym is doing this. Like, yeah. I'm just walking around with the heavy kettlebell in one hand yeah. or in two hands and just walking around, walking back. They're just like, is he putting it somewhere? You know what I'm saying? But I'm just replicating something that we would do normally yeah. in life yeah. that we should be training for. So, totally. And it strengthens everything from head to toe. Your ankles get stronger, your knee stability, hip stability, obliques. low back, obliques. Yeah. Man. Yeah, actually, it's the single arm one that you're talking about. Your QL muscle, your quadratus laborum, is one of the muscles that people don't know about yeah. that causes a lot of uh, lower back pain. Yeah. And Dr. Stuart McGill, who's like the leading spine expert on the planet, uh, he says doing those is one of the best things you can do to strengthen that and thus prevent lower back pain. Yes. Yeah. So grab a heavy dumbbell or a heavy implement, you yeah. know, a heavy kettlebell, whatever it is, and carry one. Yep. You know, just pick up, you know, a uh, hundred yards or whatever it is, yeah. just walk or walk around your gym, do that and switch hands, walk back. Uh, I think it'll be really helpful for everybody. Absolutely. That's great, man. And then also you said drag. Yeah. That's another thing we don't really think about. Right. But drag heavy things. Again, 
going back to building shelter or, or, or killing a, a, a moose or something and dragging it. Like that's one of the oldest forms of strength training. That's what we had to do. And it just builds strength in a more functional way than just, you know, getting in a machine or just doing a, like I said, a one arm row or something like that. Yeah. Very functional uh, and great for, for uh, knee strength too and, and preventing or rehabbing knee injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man, so good. Uh, another one of these 45 lessons from 45 years is less is more. Mm. Less is more. Why'd you put that on there? I've always been attracted to that. And I think most people, even if they don't think about it, when somebody comes in and simplifies something for you, like if you're like, oh, should I do this, this, and you have a million options, and somebody's like, dude, those are crazy. Just do this one. You're like, oh, you, you feel such a like sigh of relief. Yeah. So and some of my favorite books are The One Thing and The 80-20 Principle and Essentialism. I think less is always more. The more you can reduce, you know, that's why uh, Steve Jobs and, and Mark Zuckerberg and people have, have a, a wardrobe that they wear all the time. The, the, the more you can reduce options, the, the more your anxiety and stress goes down. The more you simplify things, the better it's going to be, no matter what it is. That, that's why I said, like with fitness, everybody goes on Instagram and like, oh, should I do this? It's like, just simplify it. Just do a push, pull, a squat, a hinge. It's pretty simple stuff, you know? So I'm always looking for ways that I could simplify things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the things I talked about with Steve Weatherford was he's really been, I think in the last couple of years, shifting more towards uh, eccentric training, yeah. you know, like just slowing things down. And he, he feels like, he he feels that pump and the in mm-hmm. the and the the changes with his muscle and the soreness, but his joints don't hurt. Yeah, you know, like he's not just like hammered, totally. like he used to be, yeah. but he's still incredibly fit. Yeah, right. So it's just like, but he's and he's doing less exercises, mm-hmm. which it's very counterintuitive because we think we should do more. Like we we've only worked out for thirty minutes, like we got to do ninety minutes. Yeah, right. But the opposite is often true. Dude, I, I think it's always true, honestly. I think most people do way too much. You know, when we're, if we're talking less is more specific to weight training and strength training, that's how I went from 147 pounds to over 220. That's how I got uh, a lot of similar results with hundreds of people in my gym and online is I really like working up to one to two top end sets on stuff. So like if you're doing a leg day, maybe you work up to one heavy set of leg curls and do one heavy set of split squats, one set of squats, one set of RDLs. And where most people are doing, especially these days, they're doing rounds and they're doing four or five sets. It's like, that's a lot of junk volume. I think the main thing that really makes a difference is setting PRs. So if you can do split squats with 35s today for 10, you should be doing 11 next week. And then you should move on to 40s. Over time, if you just get stronger, and an easy way to get stronger is to do less because that way your body's not so beat up, you're going to transform. You're going to feel better. Your joints are going to be better. Yeah, yeah. Love that, man. So good, so good. All right, 45 lessons from 45 years. And guys, so we'll put the post as well in the show notes, but this was from Instagram. You got to follow Jay. He's one of the few people that I follow, and I read what you write, man, Thank because you. it's just like there's there's insights there, Thank you, you so know, much. and you're one of those people like you are the walking, talking representation of this stuff, man. Appreciate it. And so let's see. Another one that I wanted to talk about was take more risks. Mm. Take more risks. Why is yeah. that on the list? I think not taking risks is the biggest risk. My friend and a, and a former coaching client that you met, Brian Panuzo, you met him up in Seattle. He joined my coaching program uh, two years ago, and he was in a seven-figure job in Manhattan on Wall Street. And he's like, I'm just not happy. I don't want to do this anymore. So he took a risk to leave that, start his own coach, like health coaching business, and now he moved out here. I think I, just taking more risks is uh, – there's a saying that's escaping me right now, a famous quote, but 
I, I think everyone has these things that they want to do and, and you play it safe. Like, well, I, I should do that, but I can't, I can't ask that girl out or I can't make that move or I can't leave that job because I have benefits and hmm. the government pays for this or whatever. Uh, at the end of your life, you're going to regret all those things. Yeah. So you got to take more risks. And I think I'm good at it now. But again, having that sense of hyper-awareness, I identify stuff every day where, oh, I'm not taking a risk there. I'm not taking, I'm playing it safe there. And I'm yeah. always trying to push myself a little more. So I just urge people like, what do you really want to do? If, if a genie came out and, you know, granted your wish, what would you yeah. do? It's probably a lot of things and you're not taking those risks. And, and what's the worst that could happen, you know? And a lot of times I say to people, well, look at your track record. Like if you said, oh, I'm going to leave this podcast, even though it's so successful, and I'm going to try this and complete, I'm going to be like, dude, why are you worried? You, you know your track record. Like, you know you're going to be fine. You could fall flat on your face, but then three months later, you'll be fine. You know enough people who are going to help you. Like, I think we all imagine it's worse than yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. I, that's our natural tendency. Yeah. And I think one of the, I don't know if it is a natural tendency or if it's impressed by culture, but as we get older, we're more steered away from mm -hmm. risk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And even the, the, the society and also, like, for example, with financial stuff, right? They're just like... You need to become more risk averse as you get older. Mm -hmm. And I, I get it to a degree, but I feel that when you stop taking risk is when you stop growing. A hundred percent. Yeah. And also, of course, like that's kind of tied into why you're so like so much vitality and so much execution is that you're willing to take those risks. Yeah. And it's, if you look to people like yourself, it's just like, well, damn, yeah, I guess I should get out of this mindset that I can't take this risk because we, you know, we tell ourselves these stories, you know, I've got you know, I've got my kids or I've got, you know, this obligation, that thing. But if you're not, can you speak to this? Like, what is the, what is the real reason that any of us, if we kind of just feeling imprisoned in our life right now, right? And we're talking ourselves out of taking the risk to live the life that we want. Mm -hmm. Like what, what's, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we're always told no from the time we're kids. We're, we're like, like you said, it's kind of just beaten into us. Don't take these risks. But you are, like I said, I think you're just going to have more regrets if you don't take them. And a lot of people don't take risks because they don't know. It's the fear of the unknown. But you're never going to know. Nobody knows. Like, we all there want this is, person. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll call Sean and he'll know or Bedros will know it. And everyone's like, I'm just giving you an educated guess. Nobody knows. Yeah. And people say, oh, how'd you know to do that? I'm like, I don't know. And a lot of times I'm taking action on stuff, maybe my business or something or doing something. People are like, but how did you work through that? I was like, I didn't. I just pulled the trigger. I think you just have to do stuff and then figure it out. If it doesn't work, like I said, you, you could fix it. But I spent so much time because I'm an OCD Virgo and because as a kid, it was scary for us to do stuff and like everything was really scary and risky. So I, that was another thing that I had to work on, just like being better in social situations. That was another thing. I wouldn't do anything. I was scared that everything was going to fail or everyone was going to make fun of me. But none of that's really true. Yeah. And, and it's like anything else, right? It snowballs. Once you take a small risk... And you take a big risk. Like, it doesn't have to be this huge risk tomorrow. Just do something that's out of your comfort zone, then it snowballs. That's what I was looking for, man, was fear of the unknown. Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. And unknown example, what you shared at the at the event was, was it a kite? What is that? Kite? Oh, uh, uh, par paragliding. Paragliding. Yeah, so yeah. you paraglided, and the instructor was like, you know, basically, this was at the absolute limit of miles per hour the wind should be yeah, going and you, yeah. he was like oh we'll be fine yeah can you just tell that story man? yeah so, so the, the night before we went uh luca was there but he had to catch a flight back 
and we couldn't get it scheduled before he left. So now I had to go alone. I couldn't convince Jen to go, but I already said to Luca I was going to go. And so I'm sitting in my room and I read this article about a guy who went when it was 25 mile an hour winds and he was like one of the best in the world and he died. So the next morning I get up there, <laughs> I get to the top of the mountain. It's 25 mile an hour winds. And my dude, my uh, tandem uh, jump instructor, he's going, oh my God, this is crazy. We can't do this. I'm like, bro, what, what, what are you talking about? Somehow I just figured the guy, he broke up with his girl. He has nothing left to live for. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He's just beelining towards the edge of the cliff. And at five people go back in, they get in the, um, the gondola to go back down. I'm sweating. He goes, how are you feeling? I go, pretty nervous. He goes, good, you're smart. I was like, what? <laughs> this other guy goes, oh my God, you guys are jumping? So he grabs me. They both start telling me stuff. And we're just off the mountain before I even knew what happened. And we're going straight up, which I would think you'd jump off and go straight down. Right. But I go, holy crap, we got sucked into this wind vortex like the guy I read about last night. And this is how it ends for me. I'm going straight up to space and I'm just going to combust. <laughs> but, you know, I got up there and I had, I had this dialogue in my head. I was like, I always tell people, like I'm telling right now, take risks, be a man of your word, do what you said. I promised Luca. And I was talking about the value of being around people like yourself, like Luca, like whoever it might be that make you better by how they treat people, what they do, the risks they take, whatever. You're always getting better. And so I was like... I gotta do it. I gotta be who I said it was. That's how I go out. That's how I go out. I picture you like exploding like out of a volcano. Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. So basically, Just it's like a huge yeah. kite, right? Yeah. Basically, that you guys are like hanging off of. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. So even that kind of risk is—is is that something you step towards? You know, like have you done other stuff that have like been kind of more life endangering to get to that point because I just couldn't imagine myself doing that. Yeah. Well, anytime you hang out with Luca, that's always five minutes away. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when I first got here, I was terrified of sharks. And so I forced myself to learn how to surf and go out all the time. Right. Stuff like that. You know, um, anything uh, that, I, that, I, that I'm scared of, I say, all right, sooner or later, I got to try. I got to push yeah. myself. And an opportunity comes up. Someone says, uh, do you want to do something? I go, all right, I guess I got to do it, you know? Yeah. I yeah. love it, man. And by the way, so Luca was on one of our most classic episodes of the Model Health Show. So we'll put that incredible coach. Uh, when I think about movement, I think about mm -hmm. Luca. So yeah. we'll put that in the show notes for you guys. And actually, so there's a few more of these 45 lessons from 45 years that I want to ask you about. But we're going to do that right after this quick break. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Growing up, if I thought about chocolate, I think about Three Musketeers. I think about a Kit Kat. Butterfinger, right? I had all these ideas, hot chocolate, uh, chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake. Those are the things that would conjure up in my mind when I thought about chocolate. Little did I know that chocolate itself, the original root of chocolate, which comes from something that's botanically a, a seed, these cacao seeds was one of the most healthy foods in the world. Listen to this. This was from a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial that was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that polyphenol-rich cacao or cocoa without the sugar has remarkable prebiotic effects on the human body. So what the study found was that folks who were consuming this sugar-free cacao flavanol drink for four weeks significantly increased their ratio of probiotics or friendly bacteria bifidobacteria, for example, while significantly decreasing their class of firmicutes, which is associated with fat gain. So there's certain types of bacteria that are associated with gaining fat. And these firmicutes, so 
The saying in health right now is that if you wanna be firm and cute, you gotta reduce the firm and cutes. All right, I didn't make that up, somebody else did, all right? But the bottom line is, wow, it has a really powerful, remarkable impact on what's happening with your microbiome. The study also found that it was able to reduce levels of systemic inflammation measured by something called C-reactive protein. And if that weren't enough, Cacao also has these compounds that have a really powerful influence on our mood, like anandamide, which is known, like that translates to mean bliss chemical, right? Uh, serotonin, tryptophan, these precursors that help your body to produce things like melatonin, right? That helps you to sleep better. It goes on and on and on, but the quality matters a lot. And when you can get real chocolate into something that is even more health-giving, you've got something really special. And that's what they have with the new chocolate Organifi Gold Drink. So they've got the chocolate along with their incredible, delicious turmeric formula. And as you know, turmeric has very powerful anti-inflammatory properties. And it also has been clinically proven to have anti-angiogenesis properties. So this means that turmeric literally has the ability to cut off the blood supply to cancer cells. All right. And we all produce cancer cells every day, but a pro properly functioning immune system and being able to regulate this angiogenesis, which we need, but we need at certain levels is incredibly important. And food can help to regulate that. So I'm a huge fan of Organifi. Now they've got the new chocolate gold. All right. So pop over there, check it out. Just released. Just delicious. Organifi.com forward slash model. You get 20% off that and everything else they carry. All right, so head over there, check them out, Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model for 20% off. And now back to the show. All right, we're back and we're talking with one of my good friends, Jay Ferugia. And in one of his recent Instagram posts, which again, follow him. What's your IG handle? Jay Ferugia. At Jay Ferugia, which now when I put the first part of your name, the, your last name into my phone, it'll auto spell it. Oh, okay. Because you know, <laughs> yeah. you got like, it's a little tricky. Yeah, you got the two tricky, G's. Very and, and the two R's. And the yeah. two R's, yeah. yeah. So, but guys, make sure to follow him. And in this post, one of the other things that you shared was, and this really hit me, this is the specific one I talked about with my wife first, is to give more credit. Mm. Why'd you put that on there? That was a thing too that, that I struggled with for a long time. Um, that I thought if, if you gave credit to someone like, hey, I learned this from Sean or I learned this from Mike, that it would reflect poorly on you, that you should know all the answers, you should have everything, which I don't believe that anymore at all. I think oftentimes when I have uh, people over, people out to brunch or have an event and have people come speak, I'm the least impressive guy there. I'm blown away by everyone else, you know, and I, I want that to be uh, to be known like, hey, this guy's so much better at this than me. This guy's so much better at that. You should learn from him. And I think that goes into building a network and building relationships too, is give credit. Like, yeah. man, you know, this guy's doing great work. Follow him. And then you become kind of known as a hub anyway and a super connector. And, and that means more to me than anything else really is it's and I, I think that brings you so much more happiness too. Yeah. No matter what happens, no matter what I achieve on, on a daily basis or over the last 10, 20 years, whatever, it never brings me the joy like if you were to say, hey, I just got this, I'm like, that's amazing. Luca, something like that's am like I feel so much better. Like when my friend Becky became uh, the first woman, the first uh, female to headline WrestleMania in 35 years, I couldn't have been happier. Like that was the most exciting. I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. Um, so I think just giving credit is, is huge and it makes you feel better too. Yeah. You know? You know what's so crazy? And I just looked up the date on that. 
I talked about that same thing in my talk. And just, it's one of those things where like, if you, if somebody's had an impact on your life, let them know. Yeah, I'm very, very big on this because I saw that in myself earlier of like withholding giving credit, but yeah. more so out of like, we'll have these crazy things in our mind. Like, you know what? I'm a boss too. Right, right. Or I'm, you know, I'm graded whatever too. Yeah. But I'm always in people, you know, listening, you know that I'm big fans of a lot of people, you know, like, yeah. so for I can't me, tell you how much it meant to me when you, when you singled me out on stage and mentioned that. I, was, I appreciate that so much. Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> But that's the thing, man. It's just like Eric Thomas, right? Incredible speaker. I can't say it enough. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the guests that I've had on the show, Rob Wolf. Mm. You know, I remember seeing him at an event um, a few years back. You know, like I was speaking, he was speaking, and then he had like a crowd of people around him. You know, I had a few people come up to me. You know, I'm just like, man, like I love his, I love his writing. You know, like I, I should go tell him. You know, yeah. because he'd want to know that. But then I'm like, nah, it's okay. You know. But now I'm very adamant about telling people I appreciate them. Yeah. Like, even if I've got to go out of my way to do it, yep. you know, and that's, that's what I would want other people to do the same thing. Like, give credit to the source, right? right? Because it just keeps that energy circulating. You know, yeah. don't hold that within yourself. Because the truth is, all of us are really a patchwork quilt totally. of so many other people, you oh, know, yeah, and 100%. our only, like, our, our, our uniqueness is brought to the table through that. Yeah. You know? Like, I find myself in conversations sometimes quoting my friends and I don't even realize it at the time until later yeah. I was like oh I learned that from being around Mike from being around whoever you know yeah. and I think also we have this fear especially if you kind of are online have a personality in business like oh if I send them to Sean's podcast they're not going to listen to mine anymore they're going to yeah. follow that guy and stop following me which isn't true you yeah. know yeah that's the thing too man and um you know I was just actually texting with Rob the other day that's why he jumped into my mind he's just one of those people where you know I I, I had the opportunity to learn something from, they've brought value to my life, and I want to extend that out. And even in this episode, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people that'll hear it, for them to know, like, oh, Rob Wolf, mm. right? For and then you know, you can check him out. Yeah. And 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 me trying to withhold and like, I'm the man. I'm the right. I'm the only person that can teach you or share something with with you. It's silly. Yeah. And so this is why I brings my goal is to bring the very best people in their respective field, and I want for people to be able, I know that I can communicate stuff in a way that a lot of people can't, mm -hmm. but at the same time, there might be something that this expert says that strikes a chord. It's a different tenor, it's a different flavor, yeah. that it really clicks for somebody. And I'm withholding that if I think that I've got all the answers. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think there's different energies too, which I've learned to appreciate is, maybe you'll resonate with Sean more than, than you do with me, or maybe you'll resonate more th with this guy. And a lot of times when I introduce personal friends, I'm like, hey, if you guys become best friends and I kind of fizzle out of the mix, it's because you guys are meant to be together. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have any of that feeling anymore. It's yeah. like, you know, do your thing. Like, just connect people and good things will happen. Right, don't be a jealous boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in mentioning uh, my talk, so one of the other things on your list was very few things are worth arguing about. And at the event, when I was on stage speaking, I, I joked that, you know, if you lined up everybody at that event, the couple hundred people, and people see you, we'd pick you as the person most likely to choke out your mom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like somebody's mom will get choked out, yeah. right? And I was, it's because of the perception, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got, you know, the shaved head, you've got the tattoos, you've got the East Coast swagger and the smoldering look, you know what I'm saying? And so when people see that, yeah. they have these judgments. But in reality, this is part of your secret sauce because you're also one of the most thoughtful, one of the most giving, one of the most um, 
supportive people that I've ever met. Thank and especially you. like you make me feel at home before I moved here. You know what I'm saying? And also we connected with hip hop, yeah. you know, those kind of things as well. Like people wouldn't know those things when they see you. Just like I started at the beginning of the show. When people see me, they're not thinking like, oh, he definitely grew up going to the country with his right. grandmother, no you know, fishing in the creek, you know Never. what I'm saying? And so, um, but with that said, you having the demeanor that he might choke out your mom, why do you say that very few things are worth arguing about? Because once you get over your ego and the desire to be right, uh, it doesn't matter anymore. So, so I think the desire to be right causes all the world's greatest problems. Like, you know, my God is better than your God or uh, my politics are better than your politics. Like, it just doesn't matter at the end of the day. Once, once you're secure with yourself, once you've gone through the deep work and you're, you're secure in who you are, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't have the desire to be right. Like someone could say something to me, somebody who works for me, my wife or whatever. And honestly, sometimes it could be off the wall insane. And I'm not even going to say, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, because you, you're just repelling people, you're destroying, you're burning bridges, you're destroying relationships. I don't have the need to be right. I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. Uh, if you, and, and the thing is the need to be right, being right doesn't feel that good anyway. Like if you and I have an argument and I win the argument, then afterwards, I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Now me and Sean have this weird thing. Who even cares? Like, yeah. what did I win? You're nothing. You know what I mean? So you win when, when you make people feel good and, and everything's good. And I just don't think that uh, th there's really not, like sometimes coaching clients will come to me and they'll say, all right, here's the problem. This guy promised me this and said this. And, da -da -da -da. and I'm like, no, 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 dude, I don't care. I don't want to hear who promised you, who said this, who bad. I, I, I'm, I'm impervious to that. I can't hear that. Let's work on the solution. That's wasted energy. Let's move, let's be positive and let's move forward. Yeah, yeah, man. Like so many different scenarios are going through my mind of in my life. Same thing. We're working. We're we're fighting to be right. Yeah. Rather than being happy. Right. Even right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> just yesterday, and I posted this just you know to share my opinion. And I had time since she sent me out. But my wife and I, we used to get into stupid arguments because. She would make a list for the grocery store. <laughs> I asked her for one thing, just one thing for me. Okay. And nine times out of 10, I'm not exaggerating, she would forget, quote, forget that thing, <laughs> right, right? Right, And then to top it off, sharing how far we lived from civilization. Uh, all right, now, yeah. she's got all the ingredients for dinner. Mm -hmm. Oh, but I forgot one thing. Guess who has to go to the store? Oh, man. Long day. You know, I could have yeah. recorded a bunch of shows, you know, been speaking, whatever. Yeah. You better get in that car and drive 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. Right. And so we would have these conflicts. I was like, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> I know you are. But in reality, it's like I had to reframe it because it's so silly. It's mm -hmm. something so simple. I'm grateful that I have a car. I'm grateful yeah. that I have a person who loves me and who wants to make food for me. And I said it like literally, I just said, you know, this is kind of cute actually. Like, you know, and so like I, I, I took his opportunity, like now I can listen to a podcast or listen to music or, you know, get on the phone with somebody that I've been wanting to talk to. Yeah. Like find That's another way. You could always reframe it. Yeah. yeah. So how do you use that in your life? You know, like the reframing thing isn't, it's, I think it's a really important tool. Yeah. I mean, reframing. So, so one thing when it comes to relationships with anybody is I try to take the mindset and the approach that. If I'm not a, at a 10 in that relationship, then I can't complain about the other person. So I want to hold myself to that standard. So as a friend to you or to Mike or to Luke or whoever, uh, as a husband to Jen, uh, as somebody uh, who employs people, 
I can't complain to my assistant. I can't complain to Jen. And sometimes I might be like, you know, ready to, but I can think, what have I done the last 24, 48 hours? Mm, no, I don't have the right to complain. I don't have the right to say anything. So I want to always hold myself to that standard to be better, be better for everybody in my life. Oh, did I do what I promised you? Or did I, you know, and if I didn't, then I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't have the right to do that. Yeah. Uh, now, it's impossible to always be an attendant for everyone in your life, yeah. but you can try. Yeah. You know, it's aspirational. And so until I do that, I got to check myself and be like, well, I don't have anything to, 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 you know, to engage them about. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and like you said, reframing, you can reframe everything. Like, like you just said, like use it as an opportunity to listen to podcasts, use it as an opportunity for something. There's always a blessing. There's always a way to reframe things and make it positive. Yeah. Because the only person, well, not the only person, but I was creating suffering for myself. Yeah. You know, by me trying to prove something or to right. be right or to teach a lesson, whatever, I'm suffering. Yeah. Because now we have discord in our relationship. Right. You know, for something so silly and small. Yeah. And I know a lot of us do this and those things add up as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, reframing is huge. And every single argument or conflict, there's it's ripe with opportunity. Mm -hmm. Opportunity for personal growth, opportunity for a new level of being, opportunity of moving past a common problem. Because I find that a lot of stuff that we go through are just you know, common issues a lot of people experience. Why do they experience those things? Because we haven't, we haven't and this is the next one here, had a direct mission mm. to move forward and to get to another level. Like we're right. staying in the pity party, we're staying in the drama, we're staying in the sameness. And a lot of times what we do is we compare ourselves to everybody else who's average. And so one of the other things that you wrote for your 45 lessons in 45 years was to have a mission, right? Have a mission. Why is that important? It's important because then it guides everything you do, you know, throughout the day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed in your personal life, in your business. So if you, if you have that focus and sometimes people read something like that and they're like, oh, well, I don't know what my mission is. And so then they get overwhelmed searching for a mission. And I get that. If you don't have a mission right now, if it's not super clear, like it might be for you, I think what you should do is get up in the morning, leave the house, and your mission is try to make people feel better. Engage with people. You, there's a 100% chance, not a 99, 100% chance that everyone you meet will have stress, they'll have anxiety, they'll have insecurity, they'll have unhappiness, they'll have something that they're struggling with. So if you know that, you can make their day better in some way. You can give them a compliment, a smile, you can crack a joke, whatever it might be. And then at the end of the day, if that's all you ever did, you would feel exponentially better because look at the joy you brought to so many people's lives. So that's your mission. Until you figure out what your mission might be, whether it's to build schools for people, whatever, from now on, that should be your mission. That was my mission, and that is my mission every day. Make people feel better. If, if that's what it said on, on my tombstone, here lies Jay, he made people feel better, I'd be happy about that. You know, And that's how you change the world. Like We're not all going to be Dr. King as much as we might want to be. Um, you know, I, I've looked up to people like that my whole life, but we're not all going to reach that level, but you can do it on a smaller level, on a grassroots level, on the people in your life. And if they, they pay that forward to other people, you've changed the world in some way. Yeah, man, that's powerful. So powerful. And I think it's important to let people know that your mission can evolve yeah, totally. as well, right. you know, because my mission today is not what it was 10 years ago, Yeah, you know, and, but the thing is, is just moving in that direction. You mm -hmm. will, you will continue to find that path. Yeah, and I love that simple thing, with, which could be considered a small mission, of to, just to make people feel better. Yeah, and it's so funny that within that context of something so small but profound, you'll tend to find what your bigger mission is. You're right, because it's yep. usually attached to service and helping others. Yeah, a hundred percent. 
yeah, you it'll it'll come to you over time. You can't figure it out. It kind of it comes to you, like you said. Yeah, 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 man. So good, so good. So I've got a couple more of these. There's so you know, there's 45 of them. And they're <laughs> yeah. all just great, man. But uh, another one is, and this man, this one is super important. Don't give away your power. Mm. That's one of your lessons. Talk about that one. I've had friends, and I used to do it all the time too. That that uh, mistake self-deprecating humor for self-depreciating humor. Um, so they'll say things that make them look weak, or they'll just d joking around. I'm like, oh man, don't do that. That's not that great. Um, th there's a lot of ways you give away your power. Where if you're not a fast decision maker, I think that's something that people should get good at. And that's something that I was terrible at. I would always say to a gir oh, girl, I don't know, where do you want to go Friday night? What do you want to do? You know, I was with a group of people that say, what should we do? I don't know, what bar do you guys want to do? And so again, having that awareness, having that list of things you need to get better at, force yourself to make faster decisions. And that kind of snowballs too. Like if someone says, where do you want to eat? Just pick a place. You know, almost set a timer when the waitress comes. Like be fast. Just if you make those fat, those smaller decisions faster, then that snowballs into making bigger decisions faster, yeah. which I think is really important. Yeah, and that's the thing that you do. Like you literally say, "This is the place that we're going." You yeah. know, even you text me on Sunday about the brunch, right? And I was just like, so I looked it up. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. like. It's not like, hey, do you guys want to get brunch somewhere? Yeah. Right? Like you make the decision and then all of us just kind of come together and then good stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take that responsibility because everybody's busy. So don't sit thing. around and say like, oh, my friends don't invite me anywhere. Nobody makes plans. It doesn't matter. Do it. Yeah. If you if you want to have that social life, you want to connect with people, you have to take the reins and do it. Yeah. Yeah. And especially... Um, <laughs> so the, and again, I'm not trying to classify anybody strictly in, in a certain box. I'll just use my relationship as an example. Okay. You know, my wife, she's a woman, uh -huh. you know, she's a beautiful woman, powerful woman. And but she seems to be disempowered about picking places to eat. Mm. All right. And so, but the thing is, I can suggest a place, but if it's not the place she actually wants, because she's still, even though she's disempowered in this, that's just a facade because yeah. there's a place she wants to go. Yeah. So instead of me um, picking the wrong place, I say, hey, guess where we're going to yeah. eat? And she's going to say, Yaya's, right? She's going to say <laughs> yeah. the name of the place, right? So I'm like, you bet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So Jedi I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there for the guys, you know, if you just want to use that yeah. instead of you picking the wrong place. I'm like, well, I'm just true story. I'm just going to share this. I feel called to share it right now. I can't believe that I did this. But this was a few years back and we I got her tickets to see Beyonce. Right. And, you know, the money still, you know, it was it was it was a, it was a big purchase at the yeah. time, you know. Yeah. And so I was just like trying to be thrifty uh -huh. and make sure that we get there on time. So I took her to Chipotle first, right? Bad decision, like <laughs> yeah. bad decision yeah. because I heard about that. It was like two years later. She was like, you know when you, I was like, I didn't even, <laughs> what? Yeah. Because I think we're going to say Beyonce again. She was like, it better not be Chipotle. I was just, I well, Beyonce is more important, you know, yeah. but it's just the whole thing, yeah. you know? And so I'm just putting that out there, man, you know, and making more decisions, yes. but being smart about it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. So uh, another one of these is, ooh, this one is so good too. Experiences over possessions. Mm. Why is that one on there? It's funny. We, we were talking about this before we went on the air. Is I don't, I used to be obsessed with material possessions and sneakers and gear and all this stuff. And I think it's because, at least for me, is because that was my way of getting 
you know, kind of validation and people saying, oh, cool shoes or cool this or cool that. And now I could afford to buy so much more stuff than I did in my 20s and 30s, but it's really hard for me to do. Like for me to buy an $80 pair of like Lululemon pants, like, do I really need those? I have two other ones. I don't know. But I'll spend like, if you're like, hey, we're going out to dinner tonight, it's gonna be a thousand bucks. If it's with our friends, I don't care. I'll I'll do that all the time. Yeah. Someone texts me, hey, we're going to uh, Iceland next week. Yeah, let's go. Like, cause that's what you're gonna remember. You're not gonna remember the Jordans. I mean, they're great. We both have our homes, yeah, yeah. but you're not gonna remember <laughs> that stuff. You're gonna remember the experiences and the people and the laughs and the memories and the adventures. You know, yeah. man, that's so powerful. And I, we haven't ever talked about this on the show before, but I, I've definitely experienced that when I w- when I didn't have, there were so many things that I wanted. Like I'm going mm-hmm. to the mall and just wanna, you know, like we'll stretch that dollar trying yeah. to get those things. And now that I am financially successful. It's just, I just don't want that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I just want to spend time with the people that I care right. about. Totally. I want to give. Yep. I want to take the money that I'm earning and rent out an entire movie theater for inner city wow. kids to yeah. come and watch. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. those are the things it's that really like me. It's such an interesting evolution. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And I've seen that kind of consistently happen with a lot of people. Yeah. You know? And you know what's interesting? I see some people that I know that I'm friendly with that a lot of times complain about their financial situation. They're not where they want to be. And that's okay. They're on, they're on their path. But then I always see them with a new three hundred dollar pair of sneakers every other week, or a new TV and stuff like that. I'm like, mm, if, if you'd be, you know, have better kind of priorities and think about that a little. Not that I'm the one who should tell you what to do with your money, but I just think over time you'd be happier if you spend it on people and experiences, like you're saying. Yeah, it's so interesting that we went through that same thing. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, I go back to that Kanye West statement. He said that having money's not everything, but not having it is. Right. So having money is not everything, but not having it is. It's when we don't have money. Yeah. It's like it is a driving force in yep. your life for sure. Yeah. And also to look the part, you know, especially again, like you see right. these folks, you want to look the part that you're successful. And at the same time, you're saying for folks for us to act that way. But we don't have to have the, you know, the Gucci drip and the ice style grill to yeah. act like we are wealthy. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it goes back to. And I, I I love I love the Jordans I have. Let me for YouTube, <laughs> yeah. okay. But at the same time, you know, I look at people like Warren Buffett. You mentioned Steve Jobs, right? He's just got a, a closet full of black sweatshirts. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And he's worth billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like where you got to have a balance of this stuff. Of course, like if this is a passion of yours, go for it. You know, like get get dripped out. But at the same time. I think the thing that's really going to light you up is investing in experiences, like you said. Totally, yeah. yeah. And no, nobody ever notices someone at an event or or whatever in a party and says, "Oh, look at that guy's thousand dollar wardrobe." It's not that exciting. But if you meet the guy and he's got a million dollar personality, yeah. like that's what you're going to remember. Right, right. You know? You'll remember it. Yeah. That's I mean, you thing. should look good. It obviously yeah. put some put some effort into your appearance, but. When people leave that encounter with you, they're not going to say, I love that guy's shoes. You know, yeah. it's going to be more like that guy was great, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You're not going to think about his shoes two yeah. weeks later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Unless it was like hole in it <laughs> and his toe sticking out. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but so I'm going to ask you about one more, man. And this has been great. Like, I, man, so, so powerful. So many gems. But this might be the biggest one on the low. Like if people really get this. But these 45 lessons you shared... Uh, from 45 years on this planet. Again, people can get the whole post on Instagram. But you you wrote, do the right thing. Mm. Why is that on there? Uh, one of my favorite movies from 1989. 
doctor, always do the right thing. We're always, I think if you get up in the morning, so that's part of my visualization, right? And I think people who are maybe not where they want to be, people who are struggling, people who are suffering, I still do this. I envision that there's always a camera on me. So there's a lot of times you can make, you can do the wrong thing. Maybe it doesn't hurt anyone or maybe it would if they knew, but they don't know. You're by yourself. You're somewhere. They're not going to see you. Do the right thing is hard. We don't always all do the right thing. Nobody's perfect. But I think if you could set that as an aspirational goal, like, mm, I don't feel like doing this right now. I'm tired. I don't feel good. But I promised him I would be there at that time. That's the right thing to do. Where the easy way is text somebody, hey, man, I don't feel that great. I won't be there. I promised someone I would do this. I promised someone I wouldn't do this. I said I would have this done at this time. Easy, because I'm so busy, I can't get it done. What's the right thing to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's so many opportunities. 24 hours a day, there's opportunities to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. It's really easy to do the wrong thing. A lot of times, it's really hard to do the right thing. It's exhausting sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But again, if you could hold yourself to a higher standard. And like when I wake up, when I go into my office every morning and go to work, I have Dr. King, I have, I have Jackie Robinson, I have Malcolm X, I have Bruce Lee, all these guys on my wall, Biggie, whoever, and it's people who, who kind of created a legacy and changed the world and did the right thing a lot of times. Not always. Not everyone does the right thing all the time. But you could try. And I think that's, that's what counts. Yeah, man, I love it, bro. Thank you so much. Uh, Jay, can you let everybody know about your podcast and where they can connect with you online? Yeah, it's uh, renegaderadiopodcast.com. Uh, J.fit is my website. And then, uh, like Sean said, J. Ferugia on Instagram. Perfect, man. Listen, um, again, thanks for making me feel at home. Thanks for always looking out for me and inviting me to do stuff that you already know. Like, this is what we're doing and taking that thing off my, my plate as well. And just thank you for, you know, you. It, it's so inspiring to see you putting in that work and you studying and putting yourself in those uncomfortable positions, it really does inspire me, man. And That's so awesome. it just inspires me to keep moving forward. Thank you so much, yeah. brother. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show today, everybody. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. I know that I did, and I'm already reeling and pumped to go out and make people's day right now. And hopefully I'm adding some more light and inspiration for your day. And you can go and pay that forward. All right, the next person that you see when you're – checking out at the grocery store or, you know, just walking by somebody on the street, you know, just extend a smile, you know, extend a, a how's your day going? Um, I know that sometimes folks, you know, they're doing the boop, boop, they're doing the checkout thing and they might just be in there, they might be having a bad day or somebody was just not kind to them. You can change that their whole day around. I've done it many, many times just by giving a smile, just by asking them, how are you doing today, right? And just seeing them, right? That's one of the things that we really desire and we actually need as human beings is just to be seen. And so do the right thing is one of the big takeaways from today, even when it's the, the hard thing, which oftentimes it is. Um, sometimes, you know, it can be in a positive context or a seemingly negative context. You know, maybe the right thing is you've got a friend who's consistently, you know, maybe they're into some bad dealings, right? Maybe they're, and you've been giving them money, like you've been bailing them out continuously. And maybe you're just feeding the problem and it's, and, and it's operating out of guilt instead of what is the right thing to do is to encourage them to figure it out on their own because you're not helping them by continuously bailing them out, if that makes sense. So, but of course, each of these situations are going to be unique, but these are things for us to think about. What is the right thing? Do the right thing, even though it might be the hard thing. You know, the same thing with 
uh, a decision on something that might be kind of inflammatory or a, a soft spot in people's lives, like you know politics or whatever the case might be, maybe you don't fit perfectly in that political genre or that political camp because you have a different perspective on this other thing. And the other thing is the right thing to do, but this camp agree, you know, just agrees collectively that we don't do that thing, right? So this is where we have to choose to do the right thing versus what's popular, all right? So I hope that makes sense. And just looking for those spots in our lives because we're going to see them all the time. And I think that the right thing oftentimes is to uplift somebody, is to uh, give a kind word is to be supportive, but that support is going to take on different characteristics for the different people. But we can all do that starting today, right now, as you go forward in your day and sharing a little bit of love with other people. And I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show today. Definitely pop over, check out Jay and his podcast and look him up on Instagram. And we've got some epic, I'm talking about epic episodes coming your way. So make sure to stay tuned. And by the way, guys, listen to this. In closing today, I've got something that just totally rocked my world, made my whole month. And it was coming from our private Facebook group. And somebody actually did a theme song for the Model Health Show that they play on the guitar. They put some music and, and, and lyrics to what they feel is there with the theme song that you hear every day when the show comes on and when we close out the show. And so in closing, I'm going to play that for you guys. And if you want to, of course, what do you, if you're not in Model Nation yet over on Facebook on our private Facebook group, definitely pop over there right now. Go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash Model Nation and you can join us in our private Facebook group. It's popping there. Incredible people, incredible conversations. All right, so that's themodelhealthshow.com forward slash Model Nation. And on that note... Check out this song that one of our credible members from Model Nation put together. Have a great day. Take care. I'm all in on bed to sleep. Gonna eat all my leafy greens. No blue light, nine deep before bed. It's all what Sean Stephenson said. Move daily, eat rich and right. Don't forget your sleepy time at night. Let your brain hormones regulate. It may happen, please don't stay up late. Be the best you imaginable. Show up for those who count on you. Do yourself the world's biggest favor. Pick up sleep smarter And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.